tonight, tonight we face the worst we can do. Tonight we face our capacity for betrayal and violence, our selfish rush to rid ourselves, our world of all that disturbs us, all that frightens us, all that pricks our conscience, all that shows ourselves to ourselves. Tonight, we face what our fear and violence wreak. Of course, we are surrounded all the time by our betrayal and violence, our sin. The past few years, though, have been a particularly harsh reminder of all that goes wrong when we allow the worst of ourselves to reign. In our own country, we have had to face the consequences of hundreds of years of racism, a militarized police force, people executed in the street. Around the world, we have watched helplessly the violence of a regime in Syria killing 400,000 people and forcing nearly five million to flee their homeland, and we face the fear that refuses to help them. And this week, this past week, has been drenched in violence. A leader killing his own people in a chemical attack in Syria, our own response with bombs. The slaughter of Coptic Christians as they prayed on Palm Sunday in Egypt. In our own country, the rush in Arkansas to execute seven prisoners on death row before the drug they have on hand expires on April 30th. The drug that has caused indescribable pain and a slow death in other executions. So the state is planning to begin the executions on the Monday of Easter week. And then yesterday, we dropped the most powerful non-nuclear bomb we possess, obscenely nicknamed the mother of all bombs on Afghanistan. And we did that as we Christians celebrated Monday Thursday, remembering Jesus's new commandment, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And 2,000 years ago, another violence-soaked day, when God, who had given us Jesus, friend, teacher, Messiah, love in the flesh. And on that day, we handed him back on a cross. The lure of relying on ourselves, on our own ways, our own power, our own violence is clear now. It was clear then on the night that Jesus was arrested. On that night, 
We arrived in force, bringing a detachment of soldiers together with police sanctioned by the religious establishment, intending to arrest the one who threatened our way of life because he asked us to follow the way of love and asked us to kneel at one another's feet to serve rather than to be served. And at that moment, Jesus' closest companion, seeking to defend his friend, but forgetting all that he had been taught, drew a sword, intending to fight violence and injustice with more violence, and ended by shearing off the ear of a lowly and probably innocent servant. But Jesus remained himself, Prince of Peace, admonishing Peter, put your sword away. Am I not to drink the cup that the Father has given me? And in that moment, Jesus protected his disciples, telling the soldiers and police that he is the one they want, that they should let the rest go. In that moment, in that violent moment when we follow our own impulses to protect ourselves, to lash out, Jesus' response is healing and protection, peace and self-sacrifice. This is hard for us. It's nearly impossible for us to understand that Jesus came to bring in a kingdom through love, not violence, even if it seems the kingdom might never get here. We find it impossible to follow the man of sorrows, the prince of peace. His ways, his ways, I lament, are not our ways. We see this at his trial. Religious leaders call for his death, political authorities ready to rid themselves of the threat of a man of love who shows the lie of the power of the state. Jesus is scourged and spit upon, mocked and beaten, yet he remains placid even as Pilate grows more frenzied, demanding answers, even as the people cry for blood. But Jesus is not the only one on trial. No, as he answers the interrogations inside, his disciple is outside warming himself by a fire with the very police who had arrested him. And though Jesus had answered plainly when they came to arrest him in the garden, boldly stepping forward to announce, I am he, Peter, when asked three times, are you not also one of this man's disciples, fails by denying not just Jesus, but his own discipleship. He answers, I am not. Pilate is on trial as a political leader. He is clearly bemused by the accusations. He can see Jesus has done nothing worthy of crucifixion. Yet Jesus is upsetting the political balance, jeopardizing Pilate's political career. For the people warn that if Pilate releases Jesus, he is no friend to the emperor. 
for everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor, so Pilate doesn't want to run that risk, and he hands Jesus over to be crucified. The religious leaders are on trial too, they who turn to the power of the state to enforce their wishes and then find that the state has corrupted them. As they blaspheme, denouncing their own faith when Pilate asks, shall I crucify your king? The chief priest, the one sworn to worship the Lord, the Lord alone, answer with a heartbreaking confession. We have no king but the emperor. We have no king but the emperor. And all of us, all of us as well, we are on trial too as we yell, crucify him. We are a fearful, violent people. When we look to the state rather than to our God, when we look to ourselves rather than to the Lord, when we choose fear over hope, judgment over love, violence instead of peace. And I confess to you on this Good Friday, I no longer hope that we're going to change. We have not changed in 2,000 years. And this past week alone makes that clear. My only hope My only hope rests in God, in the Prince of Peace who went to the cross for love of us, to show us that he will not meet fear with fear, hate with hate, violence with more violence. No, he goes to the cross to show us that the only way he will ever meet us is in love by pouring himself out for us on the cross, showing us what love looks like. Not blame, not mockery, not violence, but self-sacrifice. Our hope can never lie in ourselves. We who have erred and gone astray like lost sheep, we who have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts, for there is no health in us. Our only hope is the cross, the cross that alters the course of history, the arc of the universe, so that we might see and know that no matter what we do, no matter how fearful and violent cruel and mocking, no matter how lost we are from ourselves, from God, we will only be met by love. For we handed Jesus back to God on a cross, and Jesus 
made of it an altar upon which he lays all our fears and our betrayals, our sorrows and our cruelty, our anger and our sins. And he takes them into himself, declaring, it is finished. And then he brings out of them new life. So before that, before that cross, we can only kneel silently, humbly, in thanks.